Hey everyone, it's Amani Margria, and you're listening to Life with Amani Margria. So, today's segment is going to be a very short segment about languages, learning about languages, cultures, and my perspective on it. If you know me, then you understand. You know that I understand a wide variety of languages, from Japanese to Spanish to Italian to French. I can understand it pretty well. Um, I can read it very well. Same thing with Portuguese. I could read it. Um, dialect. I'm still learning about Portuguese and French dialect because there's different different areas have different dialects. So. If I'm listening to Portuguese from Brazil um, instead of from Portugal, then it's like it's a very different. And then different areas of Portugal and Brazil have different dialects and different um, pronunciations. That's the same with any language, though. So um, Russian, I can read it and write it somewhat. It's been a while since I practiced, so I would just like it probably take me a day to like refresh, like. Um, basically refresh my memory and I would be able to write it with no problem. When it comes to my comprehension of languages, I tend to be able to read and write a lot quicker than I am able to articulate or speak it. When it comes to me, it's not even that I can't speak the languages. It's more of my ability or my confidence to speak it because a lot of times I get not nervous but a little bit embarrassed when I speak it because I always get when I do have friends that speak those languages and we talk I always get them when they're like they either laugh or they say oh you're so cute you sound so cute when you speak it and I just get embarrassed and I kind of lose all confidence to speak it at that point and I know they mean good they mean like you know they don't mean any malice by it they it's kind of like you know they it's all in good in goodwill but at the same time it's like when you're trying to speak a new language and somebody's basically it's like that reaction does not help let's put it that way so when i learn new languages i tend to be able to read and write them a lot quicker than anything now um i have started to come out of my shell especially when it comes to like speaking languages like italian um I have friends over there that are that live in Italy. I have um, I have a lot of friends that are all over the place. So we talk all the time in Italian. And I think since they are less likely since they live in those countries to to um, think oh you you're so adorable because they don't know my they know that I'm American but they don't really they didn't know me as just speaking English. So they, we talk, their main language is Italian, so it's a way for us to, to make that gap, to be able to converse with one another. So I think talking to them is a lot better, is a lot easier for me than talking to friends that are, that are here, or like, you know, Italian-American friends that I have that are just like, their second language is probably, is Italian, and the first is like, um, English. Because it gets so nervous. I get very nervous. I don't know why. And same thing with my Hispanic friends. That if they, even if they were born there, but if they speak mostly English now, that I get so nervous when I start speaking Spanish to them. Because they're like, oh my god, you're going to make fun of me and I can't speak anymore.
But the reason why I try to learn so many languages is because I think it's very important to learn about new cultures, to learn about new languages, to be able to better understand people from all over the world. My goal in life, which I know is kind of weird or or maybe impossible, is to learn basically all the languages there are to learn so I can understand the hearts of many people and I can connect with many people from around the world. I'm going to explain more on why I learn or why I like to learn new languages and new cultures in the next part of the segment. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, this is Manu Agria. Sorry, I just realized that my part two of learning languages did not upload, so I'm redoing it because it deleted somehow, I don't know. And when I last, in part one, I talked about the reason why I learn new languages. And I learn them basically because I want to know people, get closer to people by understanding their languages, which in turn will get me intrigued on the culture of the countries that speak that language or those languages. And in a way, help me better understand people that are from those countries. So when I was telling you guys that before, I actually spent most of my night um, binge watching um, this telenovela that I used to love watching when I first started learning Spanish. It's called Relaciones Peligrosas. You guys probably remember it was a big Telemundo hit like 2012. Oh my god, I love it. It's with um, Gabriel Cornell and Sanja Echeverria. It takes this, it's basically this amazing show where I I have a problem a little bit with the stories because it's it's different. It's the, if you don't speak Spanish, it's called Dangerous Relations. So basically it takes, it circles around these four teachers and their different lives and their different relationships and then also these students that are in the school that they are teaching in it's kind of like an artsy gifted school that they're teaching in and their relationships with their families and their lives and these like connections they make after all this like um dangerous turnouts um there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on in this series. So I can't sum up everything at once. But the main thing is between this one teacher who ends up, she was going to be raped on the beach by these students. And she's saved by this, this man. And she ends up having this romance with this man, but then finds out her first day of work that the man that she thought she was, that she had a relationship or romance with turns out to be one of her students so now she has to kind of adjust her life to being a possible pedophile (laughs) and criminal and try to obviously stop the relationship but then it turns into this twist that she's actually falling in love with that they fall in love with one another so it's a mutual relationship I think he's around 17 which I, I don't know the age of consent in Florida but I think it's around that 
but I think it might be different. It might not even be age of consent. It might be if it's okay with the, the parents, then they won't press charges, something like that. Um, so it, it just basically goes around this back and forth between those two and trying to figure out if they're going to risk it all by being together or they're just going to put it on the side and just live their life without worrying about the feelings that they have for one another and the common theme I guess is based off of star-crossed lovers like Tristan and Isolde which is like the one book that brings them together which I really do love personally and I'm gonna tell you more about it in the next recording So like I was saying before, I was talking about languages and why um, I learned them and I gave a brief explanation why. And now I was talking about my little binge watching of this te- this telenovela called Relaciones Peligrosas, the old Telemundo telenovela that I was like adored. And I was kind of giving you the rundown on it. It's an amazing show. If you can find it online, definitely watch it. It was definitely one of my favorite um, telenovelas. I have a whole bunch, but that was definitely the number one. Because I started watching that right after I was um, learning Spanish. And it really helped me through it. Because it's just so intriguing. I've never seen that much suspense in a freaking show in my life. I really wish they had continued that on. But like, his. Hispanic telenovelas, like Spanish telenovelas, are fucking short as hell. Like, they're fucking short. Their soap operas are so fucking short. They're too short. You know, with American soap operas, you kind of want them to fucking end, because they're too fucking long. General Hospital, I don't know what's going on in General Hospital so far. As long as I don't get rid of Sunny, I'm good at this point. You know, they've changed people. They've gotten rid of my favorite characters. They got rid of my favorite Michael characters. Um, actor, like, you know, I, I don't care anymore. <laughs> as long as Sunny, and they finally, I think, bring back Jason, the the one that had been playing it for years. I'm like, I just can't keep up with them anymore. If I wanted to catch up now, I would have to go back from, like, 2013. It's four years of shit I would have to catch up on. <laughs> That's the last time I even watched it through. So much shit has happened in that place, it's just too much. But this one, I feel like it ended so short, but it's like a Spanish telenovela, so it's like, yeah, it's going to be short. Same thing with Italian telenovelas, they're no, they're no better. They're so fucking short, too. But, okay, so I don't want to keep babbling. So, I was explaining to you the theme of this is like Star-Crossed Lovers, because even though I have a problem with the whole teacher-student romance thing. First of all, if you see the teacher and you see the student, I don't know many 17-year-olds that look like him or any of those people that portray the teenagers in that. I swear, I thought they were in a fucking college. (laughs) They are way too hot and adult-looking to look like any fucking teenager. And the same thing goes for the fucking teachers. I'm like, if your teachers are that fucking hot, they should not be teaching. I'm sorry. What can you teach me? 
what to have sexual fantasies about you while I'm in your class that is not happening you are way too hot to be teaching anything because it's like out of the four teachers every one of them are hot I'm like how why would you hire them (laughs) it's like you're screaming yes can we have sexual harassment at this school I'm like if they don't sexually harass somebody somebody's going to sexually harass them whether it's the students or the fucking parents I don't know so yeah so one of the stories that they use for star-crossed lovers since they don't go with the cliche um romeo and juliet is that they go on the story uh tristan and Isolde. now if you guys don't know about tristan and Isolde, it's um similar to romeo and juliet but it's it's hundreds of years before that middle ages when um back after um right as England became was a few hundred years after England was freed from Rome Roman rule and they're trying to have an alliance between Ireland which is an independent country and so they give them the king of Ireland gives his daughter Isolde to the king of the United um, the United Provinces within England so they pick one of the knights there to become the king out of all of them to rule over it. And she's given to him as a prize. But at the time, she falls in love with Tristan, who is a knight underneath that king. And they are fated to basically, their love can't is forbidden because she's entrusted to him. And I'll explain more about that in the next recording. So, like I was saying before, I was explaining about Tristan old. So she was basically it's a political marriage. She's trusted to this king, the new king, as a peace offering from the Irish king. And so their wedding is arranged, and she's supposed to marry him and live with him. But she falls in love prior to being betrothed to him prior to this arrangement being happening or so they say there's a romance that happens between one of his top knights Tristan and they end up having this romantic tryst that basically it never really comes to fruition because Tristan ultimately picks his duty to his country over their romance because there's a war that breaks out and he has to battle in it well this is from what I get from watching the movie I don't know how 100% the movie is when it comes to actual war I don't know that much about it I guess I could always do research on it but yeah I love the movie with um James Franco Tristan old. oh my god it was the best thing ever I've watched it like more times than I can count um we're probably way in the thousands at this time we're probably hitting a thousand at this point no lie, I loved it so much. That and Memoirs of a Geisha are definitely my go-to movies for like binge-watching. And then my go-to show to binge-watch is um, Spartacus. Definitely Spartacus. That would be my number one. And there's a whole bunch of other ones too, but when it comes to star-crossed lovers, I'm not a big Romeo and Juliet person. I just don't do Shakespeare that much. Maybe there's a few I might do, like, 
Maybe Hamlet. Nah, I'm not really spark. I'm not really a Shakespeare person, but I love Shakespeare is old. Um, that movie with James Franco, I, I just love him as an actor. But that is like my. I think that's the best role he ever played. But he hates that role for some reason, and his like doing that movie. But I love him in that movie. I think he was superb in that movie. If he could do something similar to it, I would adore him. But, you know, I guess each person has their own taste. Um, what other Starcross loves? This is also, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but this legend of Deidre, or Deirdre, actually, it's an Irish legend that's hundreds of years prior to Isolde and, um, Tristan. And it's Deirdre, and I can't remember the guy's name. It's a strange name. <laughs> I can't remember. Basically, it was this princess who is, well, she becomes a princess after it's, there's a prophecy that she is supposed to be the most beautiful woman in the world and her beauty is going to cause the kingdom, a war between neighboring kingdoms and their kingdom of Ireland. So to prevent this from happening, the king decides to marry her. And so he takes care of her in his castle and raises her until she's old enough to marry. And when one day when she's like in her teens, when she um, comes across these three knights that are brothers and one of them catches her eyes and she decides she she um, has a romantic encounter. Like they actually have a tryst. And so she ends up falling in love with them. They escape to um, Alba, which is Scotland, I believe. And they live there many years and have, away from the king, who actually is go tries to go after them because of their betrayal and them taking hold of her. So basically what happens is that they live many years there, but then the king tricks them, tries to lure them back to get Deirdre back and kill the knights that took him and he succeeds in doing so but right before he can marry her and before they can consummate the their marriage or yeah I think it's right before they can consummate their marriage she kills herself so that he can't have her and then the townspeople buried her right next to her true love Thank you so much for listening to my late night um, sum up of basically why I like to learn languages and why I think that if you, you have free time, you should learn a language too. It's great to learn new languages and learn about different cultures so that it it's, makes it easier for you to understand other people from different countries, from different areas. And it's also a way to build bridges and build bonds everlasting problems with people that you probably would never um done so before there are a lot of outlets so once you can do so there's so many free outlets to learn languages nowadays so many resources that you can use online um in your libraries books that you can use so definitely 
take that in consideration and utilize those tools. Um, I also thank you so much for listening to my little ramble about my obsession with telenovelas. And I know it's a little late for some people, but I, I tend to be a night owl anyway. And also, I kind of wanted to just wrap up this segment. I didn't want to leave everyone hanging. So thank you so much for listening to my late night segment of learning about languages. And also listening to about my summary of Relaciones Peligrosas and Tristan Enisold. So I will stay tuned for another segment of Life with Amari Margria tomorrow, Sunday, uh, December 17th. Thank you for listening.